the ability to talk to somebody and feel like supported in that moment changed her mindset for her future. That to me is something that really sticks with what we do on a day to day. This is birth work, and that was Ankita Patel, a doula and doula program manager at Reach Up Incorporated. I'm Shaquelle Ballou or Shaq, program manager for maternal health at Amchip. And I'm Janina Ong, program analyst also at Amchip. And as you can guess from the intro, today we are talking about doulas. For those that don't know, could you tell us what a doula is, Janina? A doula is a non-medical birth companion who is specially trained to provide expert emotional and physical care before, during, and after childbirth. And I'll just add as well that doulas, particularly culturally congruent doulas, which mean having care provided by people of the same race and ethnicity as the people receiving the care, can improve birth outcomes. What were those numbers again? That's right. A study in 2013 found that doula-assisted births were four times less likely to have low birth weight and two times less likely to experience complications during birth. But doulas are nothing new. Yep, it's important to note that birth workers that took on roles like doulas do today have existed for centuries before the medicalization of birth. So what drives a person to become a doula? In this episode, we'll hear from two doulas making a huge impact in their communities. In the second half of the episode, we'll hear more from myself and Ankita, who is out in Tampa, Florida. But for now, we will turn to my conversation with Marna Armstead, the executive director of SisterWeb, a community-based doula program in San Francisco, where you will learn more about her journey into birth work. I can't wait to introduce y'all to the executive director of SisterWeb, Marna Armstead. She describes herself as a lighter-skinned, curvy Black woman with sister locks. Marna is herself a doula and a mother. Okay, Marna, it is good to have you with us. Um, So to start us off, what does it mean to be a doula to you, Marna? My own perspective is I'm much less there for the baby. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really there for the, 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 the mom and the partner and to make sure that that experience and this rite of passage happens. And, and definitely yeah, the baby's included, but my, my passion is for this transition in life, this life change experience, this journey and how it's just, it's so many things. It's so nuanced. There's so many highs. There's so many lows. There's so many valleys and there's so many shadows in it. And there's so much joy to be had, right? You want to share so much. And like, when you're pregnant, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to drive everybody crazy. It's like someone with their with their kid. It's like, who, how many, you know, you've got a ton of pictures. Nobody wants to see all 832, right? For example, a doula will sit there and look with some pictures with you. Or, you know, the doula is there for the family. So when the mom is talking about, oh, I don't know what this pain is. There's this feeling. There's this thing. I don't know. Is it pee? There's something coming out of me. There's this. This is tender. That's hurting. You know, I can't sleep. All of those questions, all of those things are having these thoughts, all these ideations that may not be positive. And so there's no place for those to land. And as a doula, you sit there and you listen and you inform. You know, that's that's what I that's what I like to do as as a doula. I like supporting the families. That's my passion and making sure that that happens. 
And so you've like touched on it very, very briefly um, and about, you know, how the work that you do is super important um, because it is. Um, and we know that people get into this work, into birth work for all sorts of different reasons. I'll tell you about the moment and then I'll go, I'll have to like work backwards and then forward. So the very moment I said, I think I could do this work. I need to do this work. I can help someone. I was on my second or third push, pushing out my daughter. Oh my gosh, that's a huge thought to have in the middle of delivery. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I was like, I was there and I, you know, and this is where I go backwards because I had, I was, I uh, had an unplanned pregnancy. Um, I was 23, 20, 23, 20, 23 at the time. Um, the person who I was with was, was not going to be around. I knew that. And I, we were trying to like work things out in a way that, you know, we could co-parent and that was falling apart. And in the midst of that, I start spotting and like I'm going to the doctor trying to find out what's going on with me and like everything's already like stressed, right? Because this is not my ideal situation. And my OB that I went to, I've been going to for years, you know, when I started going as a young woman. Um, I'm finally pregnant, right? So this is the, to me in my head, this is the time I'm supposed to be really connected with my provider. And when I went to my provider and I could use it back then, I had different language, but now I could use different language. I was not supported. My, my provider basically told me, um, kind of like I had no business being pregnant. Like I didn't need to be pregnant. And even though I was telling her that my decision is I'm keeping my baby, I'm keeping my pregnancy, she continued to go down this road of why it was going to be hard and why I shouldn't do it. And, you know, just totally made me uncomfortable. Believe that's illegal. I believe it's illegal, especially after you stated your choice. And even to the point where I'm leaving my appointment, as I'm walking past her, she grabs my arm and pulls me back and says, I just need you to be sure of your decision. Are you sure you want to make this decision for yourself? And I was hurt because I, you know, even though this wasn't the ideal situation, I always wanted to be a mom. And even though Marna and her mom went to the same provider, her mom suggested that she didn't go back to that doctor. So she found a new one. But the discrimination didn't stop there. I went with their providers because I was able to, I had private insurance. But when I even went to go to get lab work done, I go to the lab and the lab assumes that I have Medi-Cal and there's no shame in that, but there's a totally different process. And they were getting irritated because I didn't understand what they were talking about. I know I have this and that, and you're asking me about stuff that I've never heard of. Finally, they're like, well, let me see your insurance card. Even as I'm saying it now, in reliving it. I'm like, this stuff was totally wrong. And she looks at my insurance card and suddenly attitude change, behavior change, come right in, Miss Armstead. And I was like, well, what happened? You know, and even then I was young, I didn't really understand, but I was then treated differently, right? So fast forward onto my pregnancy. I'm now having a high-risk pregnancy. I'm stressed out, completely stressed out. My daughter's father was stressing me out. And it was not healthy. And through all that trauma, I ended up in the hospital and I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. I was diagnosed with preeclampsia and 
my daughter's father was going to go to jail. <laughs> and he was not coming out anytime soon. And I remember that was like my rock bottom. And even as I say this, it's like I, I tear up at times. I'm not tearing up now, but I think about it now because it's like I remember it's so much stuff that I think about now. But I remember sitting there like, wow, no one's going to ever know like that this type of stuff just goes on. Like you could be trying to do all the right things and just like everything's going wrong. What changed for Marna is that while she was in the hospital, she had time on her side. While I was in the hospital, I was hospitalized. I was reading books because I, I love to read. And I read all these books on pregnancy. I read on the Bradley method. I read on the Lamaze method. I read up on my body and all of these things. And because I was like, I know I can do it. I have a family that has kids. That's all they do is breed. <laughs> I know I can do this, even though I'm in the hospital and they're saying stuff is going wrong. Like, I know I can do this. And so when I went into, um, they induced me because I was having some issues um, and they induced me. When I started up, I started up and I totally felt ready and prepared. I knew all the markers in my body. And then the doctors came in and said, you're not there. You're, you know, I was like, I'm totally, I know I'm in transition. I know I'm in transition. <laughs> right? And the doctors came in and said, no, you're not. And I was like, this can't be, I'm. And then I started to freak out, right? Because I was like, oh my God, I might have to get an epidural because I don't know. And I had my daughter 20 minutes later, right? And so in that moment of pushing, I realized I could trust my body. I was right. Those doctors didn't know. And I had such a weird, crazy, horrible experience being pregnant and I still found joy and I still found excitement and I feel so powerful and nobody could take this from me. And I absolutely must equip someone else to do this and feel this way. And I was pushing my baby out doing that. And I remember that and I carry that with me. And that is the reason I decided to become a doula. I had no idea it was a doula. Like I, all I knew was I just wanted to help folks have babies. If I could have jumped up out of the bed immediately after my having my daughter and be like, yes, yes, I did that. Like I would have done it because that's how I felt. It was like exhilarating. I felt like a warrior. I felt like I had won. I don't, I like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was overwhelming. I just felt like, I felt like, like no one could stop me. I'm invincible in that moment. I'm everything I'm supposed to be. And that was super powerful. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Marna. Um, it really is powerful, just all the, the ups and downs and you finding joy and empowerment in that is just beautiful. From there, Marna started accompanying people to their births. Friends, family, friends of friends would refer people to her. But she didn't realize that she was basically being a doula until one day. But I was at a birth and I was sitting there talking with my client and the nurses are there and they were like, oh, well, who are you? And are you family? Man? I was like, no, I'm not family. I'm a friend. And they're like, oh, OK, you just, you know, and I said, you know, I just like to come and help people. And, you know, this is, you know, my I forgot whatever second, third baby. And, you know, I just really find it exciting. It's really something I love doing. And the nurse was like, she was like, you know, that's a job. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> she was like, yeah, it's called a doula. And. They go and they, you know, they're with pregnant women and they, they sit with them and they help them while they're pregnant and all of this stuff. And I was like, it was sounding like a dream was happening, like, oh, a, a, like 
a prayer was being answered real time because I was like, this was actually people get paid doing this. You got to be kidding me. Like, oh my gosh. So immediately, like the entrepreneur part of me was like, if you can get paid doing it, that's a job, a career. Marna shares that she trained with Mama Sim Sarah with Oakland Better Birth and Nia Healing Center. Here, she walks us through one of the first births after she trained as a doula. Making sure that I understood I needed to make, you know, have um, deodorant, toothpaste, snacks. You know what I'm saying? That you need to make sure you have everything that you need because you could be very well spending the night or several nights at the hospital. And those are not things that I thought of. So I had started getting together my doula bag and making sure I had my clothes packed and, you know, extra sweaters for myself and snacks and, oh my gosh, what else, is, what are they going to need? And making sure I had all the stuff that I, you know, making sure I had um, my, not towels, they're like um, this fabric. I'll simply say, it's like a, you know, a fabric. They're not, they're not rebozos. So, but they're different fabrics and things that you could use to support uh, folks and different instruments and tools, uh, massage balls and different stuff. I was getting all those things together in my bag and I was so excited and ready to use it. And literally, I think I had just done my doula training maybe two months before. So I was ready. I was reviewing my notes, everything. Um, and so by the time she called and said she was on her way to the hospital, I was ready. And so I was so excited, like, yes, my first baby, I'm getting married, you know. And I was really excited because this particular mom did want to have an unmedicated birth um, for a number of reasons. So it wasn't just like there was a few reasons why she had chosen um, an unmedicated birth. And so I was excited to really get in there and hands on. I love hands on work. This sounds weird to say. I love touching people, but I love the hands-on aspect. Nothing can take the place of positive touch. That's with anyone. Hugs, touching, holding your children, hugging, you know, all of that stuff. And I love that because I know I possess it. I know that not everybody gets to experience it. So I was ready to like just share good energy and do whatever I could to make this transitional difficult time, challenging time for this client that was coming in, um, try to make it the best experience for her. So I used every single tool. You want to do this? You want to do that? You want to walk? You want to do this? You want to do a hip squeeze? You want to, you know, we did everything. And um, wasn't her first baby. She had had a, a several children before. So her birth went relatively quickly. It was a, it was a really great time. I really feel it was like a sacred experience. Um, I have some video of that time. So I took pictures and I actually printed out a lot of um, the more decent and appropriate pictures, of course. And I look back on it. And in fact, I saw her uh, the end of last year and she was like, oh, this is the baby. And he's like seven or seven years old, eight years old, I think. And I was just like, wow. So it's just amazing. It's just you're overwhelmed, overjoyed. You I fall in love. And I mean, by the time I, you, it's like you meet a stranger and then you're just, I'm just in love with them by the end, right? What if I could do that to the, all of San Francisco? And that's what I thought as I was training. I was like, oh my God, what if I could do that to all of San Francisco? Well, that sounds a lot like a, 
a little bit to how SisterWeb got started. So I kind of want to transition there. Um, could you tell us um, how your baby, so your I should say your other baby, SisterWeb, um, was born? Um, how you had the idea? When was SisterWeb um, started? So I, um, I was working with Oakland Better Birth. If anyone is in the Bay Area, it is even though Oakland's about 13 miles away from San Francisco, it is hard to get there in rush hour traffic. It's hard to get there anyway, but it's hard to get there in rush hour traffic. You're talking about an hour to an hour and a half just to get there, right? And so I was working full time. I was caring for my daughter and taking over my family business because my dad had passed away. And I was trying to go and make these meetings and my trainings every whatever, one or two times a week, right? But they were in the evening, so I'd be smack in the middle of rush hour. And I was stressing out. I was getting, I was becoming sick. And I was like, what can I do? You know, so I had an opportunity to to attend a birth of another client. Um, And I've told the story before. I had this client had a birth. It took about five days for her to have her baby. Very long, very long. I had a little bit of help, but after the second day, I didn't have any more help because it was a very long time. So I then spent, you know, days away from my daughter. I wasn't really getting sleep. It was very stressful. Baby's finally here. Everyone's healthy, happy. I come home and I have a notice from my um, utility company to say they're going to turn off my electricity. And I lost it. And I just lost it. And I cried. And I scared my daughter. And I scared myself because I couldn't stop crying. I literally cried for at least three hours. I couldn't, I didn't even know I had that many tears and could go for that long. Like I, I could not stop. And that's what was freaking me out. Cause I was like, I can't stop crying. I'm devastated. And I was like, The reason I was devastated was because I had been volunteering a lot of my time and mostly because the folks who needed me couldn't afford me. They couldn't afford $100, $500, $600. So yeah, it's a free, it's a free work, right? I wasn't bothered by that initially because I wanted to continue to get experience and I was helping people and that was fine with me, you know, and that's when I started telling everybody in my community because I I worked as a professional, you know, I worked in printing, graphic design and corporate, blah, 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 blah. But I also did a lot of community stuff. I was at community meetings. I'm very much active in my community. And I was like, do you guys know what a doula is? And do you know what that is? And do you know that black women are dying? Do you know by what type of rate, the percentage, do you know how many black people are in the city and how many births do we have? And we need help and we people need birth. I was just like, and they were like, you know, and then a friend of mine was like, I said, I need to raise some money. He was like, why don't you use my place to do a fundraiser? So I did a small fundraiser and I told more people about it. From there, Marna met Ali Cuentos, who would become SisterWeb's co-founder. Together in 2018, SisterWeb was founded as a community doula organization working to address pregnancy and birth-related inequities. The organization offers community doula care at no cost to Black, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander, and Latino pregnant and birthing people in San Francisco through three different programs. Wow, Marna. Um, you've shared so much with us today, and I really thank you for your vulnerability um, and really just walking us through your journey. Um, 
I think I just, again, going back to, I love this work. I think, I think this work is so important. Um, and not just the birth work of serving the community, but serving the people who do the birth work, serving the doulas. And I know Sister Webb, um, we try our aim and our one of our goals is to serve our doulas to make sure that they have what they need. Um, and that's with the job and, you know, even without making sure that they have some of the mental support balances, um, um, that balances, uh, resources that they need. Um, you know, making sure that they're wholly taken care of because they're wholly coming in and serving their families, you know, and it's important that we honor that and we honor that in everything that we do. Um, and you have all these different ways people come into this work and you have all the different types of needs that people have. So um, those are my things, like my last things is I love doing this work. I love fighting for everything I just said. I will talk to anybody about it. I will run my mouth about it. It is like my joy. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm all, it's always a pleasure to like stand up and advocate for, because I feel like I'm, I'm advocating for myself in so many ways. I'm advocating for myself, the mom who didn't get the support. I'm advocating for myself as the doula who wasn't getting paid. And I'm advocating for myself now as a black woman leader in black maternal health. Like we deserve to get recognition and the financial recognition for the work that we're doing. Oh, Marna, so well said. Thank you so, so, so much. Um, but could you tell our listeners where they can find you? Because you dropped a lot of truth bombs <laughs> during our conversation today. But if people want to learn more about Sister Web, um, is there a website or social media? Yes. So if you go to www.sisterweb.org, and that's www.sister w-e-b like sister and a web like a spider web or an internet web dot o-r-g you could also find us on social media on facebook at sister web doulas you can find us on instagram at sister web doulas and i think you can find us on twitter at sister web doulas um and then you could you'll also see when you go to those main pages you'll see our social media sites for our specific programs um, the first one being Kindred Birth Companions, our support for our Black families, and Semilla Sagrada, Compañera Separta, our support for our Latina, Latinx um, families. Perfect. Well, Marna, it was a pleasure. It is always a pleasure to chat with you. Your passion for this work literally just shines through, I think, every time we we chat. So thank you so much for your time, for your vulnerability, for the truth um, that you shared today. Um, and so that's all for our interview. Thanks for listening to Shaq's Conversation with Marna. This is Janina from the beginning of the episode. We love so many parts of Marna's story that we had trouble cutting it short. So this episode was split into two parts for your listening pleasure and so that we can share as much of the interview as possible. I hope you catch part two to hear my conversation with Ankita Patel. Thank you for listening to this episode of Birthwork. On behalf of Shaq, myself, and my colleague Cameron, we are proud to be bringing you a series of episodes about cities across America thriving and striving towards better birth. Thank you to Ryan Truman from Story Center. This episode was produced in collaboration with Story Center. You can learn more about them at storycenter.com. This work was funded by Merck for Mothers through the Safer Childbirth Cities Initiative. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Better Birth Outcomes or through the Association of Maternal and Child Health Programs social media channels. Join us for more stories about what it will take for all families in the U.S. to have the best births.